Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. First thing we're going to do is hand over um, to the main man, Lucas, with the beard there. Um, I was trying to tell him to shave off the beard and just leave the moustache from November but he's completely against it. But that's another thing. Um, yeah. And um, so, Lucas, we're going to hand over to you. Uh, we're going to, yeah, share your personal story. And we're so excited to hear it. So over to you, Lucas. Yeah, thanks. Uh, nobody would be better off if I shaved this beard. And uh, I'll be in the doghouse with the wife anyways. Um, but uh, thanks for having me on to actually share the story. I've met some of the people that you see on screen and some of the people in the chat, uh, thanks for coming, know me, but not that many of you, I'd say, know my story from zero on up. Um, part of that is because I was raised in Barbados in the Caribbean. Um, why am I in Ireland? Yeah, I know, we'll get there. But um, I was raised in Barbados with an Irish father and actually a very strong Catholic um, grandmother who lived in the house with us. And um, there was really encouraging, strong family. My, so because of that kind of Catholic upbringing, we'd be going to church most Sundays during the year. And of course, they had a big Christmas situation. But I don't think my parents believed that side. I think kind of did it out of duty or respect to my grandmother. My dad was raised in Holy Catholic Ireland in the 70s. And so he, in his head, he'd done his stint in the Catholic Church. And he wasn't really worried about carrying on um, that faith. He'd made his decisions about that. But um, I went probably because it was it was good for me and my brother, um, a good influence on us. Um, and I remember God a lot of the time at that stage being like Santa Claus. And this is like when I was age six or seven. He was he was real. I, th- I thought of it as a real thing that existed. But I only need to worry about him a couple of times a year, like when I'm being threatened with not getting presents or, or something like that. It was a very temporary a, a background thing and this and like even more through my teen years you know he was in the background every now and again you think about him and sometimes it's uncomfortable and and that kind of situation but God wasn't somebody or something that I interacted with day to day at all I didn't I didn't know what that meant really um, as time went on when I was in secondary school there was a weekly youth group I attended um, and that was kind of Bible-centered, so you'd go, you'd have a chat about the Bible, and you'd read a passage, and then you'd kind of hang out with people your age for the rest of the evening, and I was really there for that more than anything. You know, I wasn't very popular, and I wanted to be, and everyone there was cool, and I am, so I turned up mainly for that. It wasn't, I wasn't really respecting what it was about or what it was for, and yet there were times when, um, during that time when I was involved in it, when I thought about God at that stage is, I still, he was still in the background, but those conversations became less comfortable. Um, when I was reflecting on myself and who am I and am I, am I good? Am I a good person? What does that mean? Those questions started to become pretty uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, I wasn't going to address them. They're uncomfortable. And then when Friday is over, well, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and I kind of, I want to put it in perspective that I was a, a decent kid. My parents were really caring and really encouraging, and they put everything they could all their time into me. Um, and that was a big part of my life. But that whole uncomfortable feeling kind of came from this emptiness and this hopelessness that was in me, you know, in those those quiet moments when you're by yourself. That was that was there too. And I didn't know how to deal with this emptiness and this hopelessness. Um, 
and you you're further further your teenage years this becomes a much much bigger problem because I could admit to myself at certain points that I believed in God or that I believe he existed but I wasn't in right standing with with what he wanted I wasn't good enough or I, I was something I was doing was wrong that I and I couldn't fix and that was the biggest thing I couldn't fix it myself um and so when I was 16 that whole internal conflict of um, those questions like who am I and what am I worth and what gives me a value is there answer to these in my head I knew there was an answer and that answer was in God and in Jesus but um I was trying my hardest to avoid that answer whatsoever I didn't I wasn't willing at all to engage with that answer being the correct one I was trying every other way I could to to fix myself and to and to make myself better by my own brute force and I really just it, it wasn't working whatsoever um, and I remember there was a night where I sat by myself um, late at night and finally made that decision to just drop it, to drop the, this pride and this, this uh, insecurity, put my value in the hands of this concept of grace that I'd read about and been told about but had not been willing to accept. Um, and so that grace, what I'm talking about, is described in the Bible as a gift to anyone who seeks it choosing to accept your failures and accept your inability to be good enough because none of us can be good enough based on the bible standards um and when i put my worth instead of being into how many good deeds did i do and how good were my good deeds how many old ladies can you walk across the road instead putting my value in the sacrifice that jesus made for everyone you know it's not in it's not how great am i it's how great is the person that i choose to follow or or the person i want to make my uh mentor is the wrong word to say the person I'm putting up as as the, the example that really changed how I looked to myself and how I looked to my life um and I when I accepted I gift it as a gift that I didn't deserve and no one who accepts it uh deserves but that's kind of the point of it being a, a gracious gift it, it isn't one that I deserved or earned it's one I accepted um and so as a little bit of an aside I'm thinking about grace and like why that system, why are we choosing a system of beliefs over all of the hundreds of other systems of beliefs that people appear to be quite happy following. Um, and I, I don't have a, the one answer to solve that, but I know for me, it was made more sense than more of a karmic view as in, uh, you know, you do good things, good things come back to you kind of thing. Because when I went deeper into thinking about it, that's almost kind of arbitrary in terms of, well, who, who where defines what is good and how good it is and it can also be kind of arbitrary and callous and unequal um, in a karmic system depending on a lot of uncontrollable um, circumstances like who is the judge of what's good and bad in a slum in India where you are is it okay to steal food then for your survival you know all these little bitty rules that kind of I, I couldn't really compute with that being a an equal or a all-encompassing system as opposed to grace where everyone comes under the same um the same we're all equal in our sin i should say um and we can't work our way to get to heaven we can't put our glory of my works over and say i deserve to be here because it's just too much it takes that human pride away from your own work and gives it to god and therefore no matter where you are no matter how you have got to where you are you're equal uh because of what you put your faith in not because of all the great stuff you did and how amazing you are um, for me, that decision to put my pride and selfishness and insecurities up and to put my value in that grace was a humongous weight off my shoulders um, at the time and to this day. 
there was no more holding all these wrongs of my head and like some families and friends can even do. It was a forgiveness that was true and impactful and encouraged me to seek better things rather than treat like a free pass, which is, a, it's a good question to ask. Why not? That's a free pass to do whatever you want if you just accept everything. Uh, but it wasn't, it really encouraged me to, to, to change how I wanted to live. Um, if I was to use one word, I would say, give me peace or hope. It was peace in every moment that used to be uncomfortable and scary and hopeless. Uh, and, and also for next week and for whenever I die, it gave me peace in those times. It gave me peace no matter what people say about me um, and peace for security and being vulnerable with friends like or strangers like you all. I can tell you my story and I'm not ashamed or scared to do so. Um, and I could share my struggles and face life with support from friends who became uh, like brothers to me. Um, finally, um, I have peace for those that I've lost. Um, and some of you in the chat know what I mean. And I've learned to let go and be grateful for their places in my life. Um, in the moments when the world is cruel and dark, I had peace not to become bitter towards injustice, um, but to accept my spot in the world and, and try and make it better in any small way that I could. Um, so that internal peace drove me to finally seek out caring for those around me rather than worrying about all of my failures. Um, it's what led me to being a teacher, which I have just started a new job in today. I'm really thankful to, to say. Um, the chance to let young people know that they're valuable, that they're loved and they're worth fighting for, that there is a hope um, that they can look forward to. And that to me is a real driving force. Um, and that will kind of lead us on to tonight's topic of is there hope? Um, and personally, I believe in Jesus, there is a hope bigger than an individual and more consistent and secure than the greatest role model um, or stock or job or whatever else. Um, I kind of think or hope is evident in how we live. We're not living for today. We're looking forward to a better future um, that is different for each, whatever we have in mind. Um, and we have, you know, we have an idea of a heaven maybe, or a, and a better earth as well. Um, without that hope, I guess my final words, without that hope, my life would be much more selfish, nihilistic, miserable, play a toxic place and, in all honesty, I don't even know if I would have made it to 25 at all um, without that complete shift in ideals and with that faith that I have in God. Uh, that's me. I hope I haven't gone over time. Thanks. I'm going to hand over to Rebecca and Lena again. Thank you so much, Lucas. Um, that was awesome. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just always cool to hear someone's personal story and the journey you've been on and so we just like really appreciate you sharing with us that was awesome 